Welcome back to the Highway to Healing podcast, all about breaking the stigma of mental health in our communities. Today, we're taking an in-depth look at identifying your triggers. Ready? Let's jump in. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Or if this is your first time with us, welcome. This is the Highway to Healing podcast, where we are changing the narrative around trauma and healing in our communities. Um, Before we get too deep into our topic today, I want to check in with you, Jay. Like, how you feeling? Yo, man, what's going on, James? Um, yeah, man, you know, just just another another day and feeling pretty good today. Not going to lie. Stressed about some of the other things. But, you know, as life is, you know, it's part of life. It's part of this COVID situation. But doing my best to kind of maintain and keep myself focused. How about yourself, brother? How's everything going over there? Man, I'm I'm riding an emotional high right now. I'll be honest. We dropped the, the first episode of the podcast on Tuesday. Uh, we had an outpouring of support. I actually started a new job on Monday. So <laughs> this go. week has been, you know, crazy good for me. But, you know, we fall into this, right? Like, I'm on an emotional high, so I have to balance myself a little bit because always the lows are the, the points that yeah. trigger us. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Getting in, kind of <laughs> turning into today's topic. We're talking about triggers and specifically kind of emotional triggers and what changes that for us, like what changes our status, what changes our mood. Uh, but kind of to segue back to you, Jay, you, this was your actual idea, right? The first thing that mm-hmm. somebody that's getting into a healing journey should learn uh, is how they work, right? What are their triggers? So can you just explain to me and, and to the, the group here why we chose this as our first topic? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, 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 I like the fact that triggers is a place to start because even when I work with my students and things, this is where I start. When we start talking about our emotions and start talking about our feelings and um, the things that we're dealing with, you have to kind of know what what makes you tick and what what's your trigger. So let's first define what a trigger is. Um, and for the most part, a trigger is just something that 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 causes like a stimulus for you to change and like your your emotional state. Mm-hmm. Most times, it's it's a negative emotion like anxiety, depression, sadness. Just understanding what that is and like how now after you're triggered, what happens next, right? Yes. So when we're yes. talking about being in this state where we're triggered. You just have to go and after you're out of this manic state or upset state, frustrated state, depressed state, you want to kind of go back and figure out what caused you to get there. Um, And so that's why when we talk about triggers, I think it's the first place to start, the great place to start because of just, you you know, understanding that because a lot of people just don't think about how do I get here? I'm depressed, mm-hmm. I'm mad, or I'm upset, but how did I get here? Um, and it's a place to go back. So that's the first point, just defining what a trigger is. And then the second thing of it is acknowledging and really trying to figure out for yourself when you are triggered. Um, that's that's huge um, because there's times where we, like you don't even know you're triggered and you're triggered, right? And so when we're talking about this, I just want to start with that piece. I think that was a great place to start, man. Um, and you, you as well decided like, yeah, that, that's that's that sounds like a great, a great starting place because, for example, we know so many people who probably don't know their triggers. I mean, I'll just take it like when you said it, it made all the sense in the world. But I realized even through my healing journey so far, I haven't even identified what my triggers are. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know what puts me in certain states. I've been focusing more on maybe like my happy states, but I need to also focus on those p- 
portions that where, you know, I go into sadness or, you know, maybe the ultimate depression or anger. Right. Because those are all triggers, right? Mm-hmm. all trigger symptoms. Um, so getting into that, really, how did you start identifying what your triggers are uh, to help me out? <laughs> like, how do oh, I well, start? Yeah, man. So, like, for me, it was journaling. Real talk, journaling. I at an early age, I think around sixth, seventh grade, it was introduced to me from one of my teachers. We were reading the diary of Anne Frank, and mm-hmm. she just introduced this idea of like we should all have our own journal, and we should all start journaling. And I used to love to write. Right, I wasn't super great with grammar, uh, grammar, but I just loved like to freely write. I used to write poems, raps, all kind of stuff. Um, so journaling was right up my alley. And so I started journaling, and then as I got older, right, and I started to really think about, like, when I'm upset, what, like, how did I get here? Like, really looking mm-hmm. at the, those pieces back in my journaling, um, that's where you started to really start to identify, okay, this today I was upset, and just reflecting back to that day, what happened? Like, what happened that day? Mm-hmm. What happened before that day? Okay, what yeah. happened a year before that? Like, what all these yeah. little things? Where like, you start trying, like, yeah. <laughs> you try to decipher it, right? You try to break it down because you're like, dang, that was in a bad place in this year or whatever. Why right. was I like that? <laughs> and so, right. journaling was where it started for me. But there's a lot of ways you can identify your triggers. Um, journaling is just one, but there are different other ways of just. The first one is like naming it, right? Name it. So, if I'm upset or if I'm frustrated or if I'm sad, name it. And be okay with that emotion. Mm. For example, if hold on, pause there. Hold on, pause there. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) What do you mean being okay with that emotion? What does that mean? I mean, you know, it's 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 hard for us, man. Especially for humans, especially men. Like it's hard for us to be okay with our emotions because just like society views, but. In your own self, you have to be able to tell yourself it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be depressed. Like, it's okay to have these emotions because those are human emotions. And when you are able to name it, what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing right now, you give yourself power. Because now I know where to start. Okay, I'm right now in this moment, I'm upset. Now you can basically decipher, why am I upset? You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. you don't ever acknowledge what emotional state you're in, you're never going to be able to kind of break it down and, and kind of work through it. You know, I could be walking around pissed off all day, mean mugging, and act like, I'm fine. <laughs> great. Everything's good. Yeah. Don't worry about me. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> but you really are mad. You're pissed off, right? So, like, you have to be able to name it um, and then feel it. Right. I think naming it and feeling it is the hardest thing to do for men because we're not taught to acknowledge our emotions. We're not taught to feel we're not given the opportunity to actually feel what we're feeling because we're supposed to go on a day hard, strong, whatever. And so feeling it is important as well as naming it, because once you acknowledge it, now I can feel it. All right. This is what this feels like for me. And when I'm angry, yeah. this is what my body physiologically does. Right. This is what my mm-hmm. emotional state goes. Right. Some people shut down. Some people get hyped up, <laughs> you know, so it's like you have to know what it is you're experiencing and then feel it. And then after yeah. you feel it, now we can kind of like really try to like go back, unpack it. I could definitely see that as a, a starting point where we're talking about, oh, I feel a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. So let me figure out what that means and then kind of working backwards. Like, oh, I, I felt this, my, my heart started pounding yep. and whatever symptoms you're feeling. And then 
taking that back. Like, oh, what happened that my heart started pounding? Oh, mm-hmm. someone said such and yeah, such. Yeah, yeah. And now, why did that, why did them saying that to me make that symptom happen? Oh, because, you know, my dad used to say that to me and that just yeah. hurts me because of such and such, right? So that's how we work backwards into that, that <laughs> trauma that we had before, right? Yeah, man, I was say, because that leads me into thinking about for myself and one of my biggest triggers is is honestly when people try to dismiss me type thing mm. when i feel like i'm being dismissed or you're you're not really acknowledging what i'm saying right i get triggered with that quick boom upset to the like on 10 like instantly right. body gets like like i'm a super saiyan <laughs> but I, I try not to show it but i'm like yo you're not you're not really listening to me right and it, it really upsets me but like you said like i said when I went back and figured out why is that such a trigger for me, it's because of what we talked about before about having that suppressed voice in your home, right? Yeah. So in the moment, I didn't realize that's what it was. I just feel like, yo, you're not listening. Like, need you listen to me. <laughs> but it's not really that the person's not listening to you. It's the fact that you had this emotional uh, traumatic experience where you feel like you weren't heard. And so now when you, you're talking to your friends or your, your, your significant other, or just in general with people, coworkers, is sometimes when I, you don't feel heard, you can get triggered. Now, right. like, I mean, that's just one example, right? But there's so many different yeah. types of things that can trigger you. And I think it's important mm-hmm. that we kind of uh, discuss that too, because I could, I, some people get triggered from like anniversary dates, right? If I had a bad experience uh, with a relationship and for whatever reason, you know, and in, in this experience, in this relationship, we had like a bad breakup or something. Every time that that breakup day comes, they can be like, oh, I'm depressed or I'm sad. Yeah. Or lost. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It, That's important. It's internal yeah. and external factors that can tr- trigger us. Right. It's such a hashtag term now to like triggered songs, music, external and internal. Right. I could just be in a space and it will have bring back memories, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. And it could be, oh, now I'm triggered, either positive or negative. And we had this conversation and I was telling you that I've been focusing on my positive triggers, right? Mm-hmm. Like what puts me in a space to be positive, to be more creative, to be more loving to my people, right? So I've been focusing on my my positive triggers. And that was something, even when I have conversations today, we're like, uh, triggered is kind of just supposed to be emotional, negative terms. So it's rewiring my brain also yep. to flip the switches that will trigger positivity into my life as well as trying to avoid those switches that are channeling negative emotions like anger or sadness. Um, And I think it's important to know also that we can't avoid a lot of these things. No, all of these things, you know, like we're not going to go through life and just completely avoid a whole section. Right. I'm not going to avoid the city of Alameda because I had a breakup in Alameda and Alameda reminds me of bad things. Yeah, there are a lot of positive (laughs) things in Alameda, too. So if I look at it that way, then I just will never have fun in Alameda. Uh, So it's looking at those things and, and figuring out, like, how can I better resolve my issue so that I can continue to live my life peacefully? Man, absolutely, man, because like you said, there there are people 
let's be honest. Like at times, there's a lot of us, even myself, where that happens. Right? A song mm-hmm. can come on and it can trigger certain emotions. Right? Yeah, change you, that. You can go to a certain <laughs> a, a certain restaurant in a certain city that you had past experiences with, and it can trigger you to have happy emotions or some negative emotions, right? You can get anxiety. Right. Oh, man, I remember when I last time I was here, ugh, wasn't so good. You know, just I have, little I things have like that. I have that exact thing. I, we, me and my mom have a restaurant that we went to when I was kind of starting to express myself more mm-hmm. uh, where we had some very emotional conversations uh, twice in a row, same yeah. restaurant. So we decided, you know what? This is our space. We're going to skip that. <laughs> We're going to skip that restaurant. <laughs> We're not going back there. <laughs> so, like, oh, that's going to start a, a real conversation. So we're not going to go there today. Yep. <laughs> We're going to go somewhere else. It's funny, but that's exactly what human nature, right? That's what we do, man. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's interesting when you look at it like that because... There's two ways you can look at like you said. You can look at the, the positive side of things and you can look at it from a negative standpoint. Um, and when we talk about triggers, like you said, for the most part, I think people dwell on the negative side of it because that's just mm-hmm. where, you know, the word even trigger sometimes makes people think straight negative, right? Yeah. But like you said, you can be triggered to do, to motivate you. You can be triggered to push forward. You can be triggered to persevere. Um, so it's, it's just changing that narrative and controlling what you can control. You know, I, like that that space, like you said, with you and your mom, we can control not going there because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for whatever reason, this space brings up some, a lot of deep, deep diving emotional conversations that we're not ready for right now uh, in this second. We want to have a light, a light lunch. Right. <laughs> But it's just, it's little things like that, man. It's cool. So for me, when I'm now focusing on more of my negative triggers, right, or the triggers that bring out anger or sadness, um, especially in maybe like a relationship or just a conversation where I'm in the moment, Mm -hmm. how do I, one, recognize that, that I'm being triggered, and how do I act now so that I don't cause further conflict, right? Because if something triggers me that brings out anger, maybe now I'm lashing out on the person that I'm talking yeah, to. Yeah. Um, where it wasn't actually, it's not actually them that's triggering me, it's that they're triggering my trigger. Yeah, right. And so now now you're going into like, just understanding coping um, and coping strategies and coping skills because with our emotions, good or bad, there's coping that has to go with that, right? You don't want to get too too high, they tell you. You don't want to get too too low. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to cope in between. And so when you're in these emotions, like I said, after you're able to get to the first step of uh, naming it and feeling it, now I'm able to kind of deal with it in terms of, okay, let me go back. Let me analyze the situation um, in terms of just me, right? You want to focus on yourself because you want to, you can only control yourself. So what could mm-hmm. I have done differently in this situation to either one, not get frustrated and angry or not to project my frustration and anger onto my spouse or my homie or my coworker. Um, and it takes, it takes a lot of uh, diving in and just self-reflection with that. And, and a lot of those times, that's why they say journaling is a good thing um, because mm-hmm. people, it's hard to have that honest conversation with yourself <laughs> about you and what you do and your, <laughs> your actions. <laughs> yeah. But people are a lot, they're way more honest when they're journal. Right, because mm-hmm. there's this term that my um, my teacher used to use back in the day. She said, "Let the pen bleed." 
right? So sometimes you feel like you don't want to bleed or you don't want to cry outside physically, but you can let the pen bleed where now you're putting all your emotions in this journal and now you're breaking this stuff mm. down. You get what I'm saying? So Sounds now you like can, a Jay-Z song. It is. It's, it's, it's weird because when Jay-Z <laughs> said that, it's funny because when Jay-Z, Jay-Z said that, I was like, yo, I heard this like when I was in seventh grade. That's crazy, uh-huh. you know? So I got to let the song cry, you know? Got to let the song cry. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, I think that's that's part of coping, right? And so there's so many different coping strategies. I, I like, um, And when we talk about coping, I want to know, I want to make sure we're very clear there are healthy ways to cope and there are unhealthy ways to cope. And a lot of us will go to like unhealthy ways to cope and myself included. Mm-hmm. I was I was a big unhealthy coping. Like <laughs> first. Yeah. Yeah. It, instantly. So, you know. Some of those unhealthy ways just so we can acknowledge them and address them is like, you know, substance abuse, right? Mm-hmm. People just fuck. I forget. I'm gonna get high. I'm gonna smoke. I'm gonna drink or, yeah. you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat. Yeah, I'm gonna eat. I'm, I'm gonna eat. overeat, whatever. Like, you know, I'm gonna sit here and binge watch TV for 20, 10 hours and just cry and eat ice cream. Like, unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. Like, for those, that's one part of like unhealthy coping strategies. Another one is just avoidance. I like, I was a big avoider with some of this stuff. It's like, if I just avoid it and I just focus on positive and just positive, it'll go away. No, it mm. won't go away. <laughs> you can suppress yeah. it for a little bit, but it'll eventually come back. Right? Yeah. And so, like, avoiding it is still unhealthy. Now, for in a moment, in a moment, if you need to avoid something for a short period of time, fine. But if you just try to avoid it and just leave it forever, it's not going to work, right? <laughs> not going to yeah. work. And then, uh, like isolating, like a lot of people isolate too. Instead of finding someone, even if it's not the person you're dealing with, but finding someone kind of like talk through this stuff with, they'll just isolate and they'll just in their own head. And I've done that as well. I just, you know, I'm just be quiet, isolate myself, and just think. Well, boom. Yeah. Well, definitely, uh, I would say for us. You know, being African-American males, isolation is a big thing, Mm -hmm. right? Because who do we talk to about our negative emotions? Who who can we say, I'm feeling this way today or this made me feel this way today? Um, Even when we see it in media, right? There's not a lot of of these conversations going on. It's like, oh, you see (laughs) the man who came from this horrible situation and now he's angry all the time and he robs people and whatever like that's how they portray us so when you see those types of you know uh i don't know even really the word for it when you see those types of figures that represent us like Mm -hmm. how do we take that away take that power away and take our power back and start talking about our own emotions in a constructive way especially when we're angry (laughs) <laughs> especially when we're in a low, especially when we're, you know, it's, riled up. Oh, man. It's it's interesting that you say that, too, because I just read something not too long. I, I can't remember the t- what the article was, but I just read something not too long ago where it was talking about just that, where we have to understand where that comes from, too. Um, you know, there are times where men feel like we in we're in a safe space and we will communicate things that we're going through and then mm-hmm. individuals that's supposedly in our safe space will use that information against us mm-hmm. and so for now you have been conditioned to feel like nope that's it I'm done I'm never sharing my information with nobody again because <laughs> right now they're using it yeah. against me and now like I don't even know how to cope with that 
I trusted mm-hmm. this person, and now this person like abused my trust. I, I'm done, right? Like, right. So I I think that part is kind of like the the beginning part to get to your question because in order to fix those figures and like remove those figures from our community, we have to create more like healthy, safe spaces for men to just talk, right? Just talk and not feel judged. There's plenty of times in life we, we, we talk to people, but after you talk to me, you feel like, dang, man, maybe I should not have said this. Uh, maybe I, I, I mean, I disclose too much. We shouldn't yeah. have to feel that way. Right. And the reason why we feel that way is because of the, how are they going to use this information? <laughs> are they use this information to, you know, go against me? Are they going to use this information to tell 17 other people that I don't know or whatever? Or mm-hmm. let's just keep this very honest. Or they're going to use this information and tell it to a female that, that we're both interested in. Like <laughs> those little <laughs> things happen. Right. Let me go yeah. pillow talk this to her. And so it's just a lot of that. Um, that mistrust that we have amongst groups that when you find your group, it's, that's why a lot of men go to it. Like I have a small group of friends where we do that. We, we are able to talk freely. You know, there's sometimes where it's like, Hey, look, bro, they, they get, they get on you. They talk a little mess, but it's still like, we understand each other. Like, look, this is our safe space, bro. Let's keep what we talk about in here amongst us. You know what I'm saying? And then also, um, also just the the aspect of that of a safe space is so important. It's so important uh, for for men and for humans in general. Um, yeah, it's 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 the only way you're going to be able to get stuff and vent and get it off your chest to the point where now you can actually yeah. accept it and grow from it and develop skills to move on. Right. And and that's definitely another layer. Right. So the journaling is the first layer. Maybe it's the easiest one to start right away mm-hmm. because anyone could grab, you know, a piece of paper or a journal. I actually like the idea of having a physical uh, journal better. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we with all the technology, we're like, oh, I could just put it in my notes section right on my phone. Yeah, but nah, having that physical nah. journal <laughs> that I can touch and I can go through and read and make even notes on. Right. Uh, especially starting, especially starting, because a lot of it is I don't even know where these things are coming from or I don't even know my patterns yet. So writing down when you do feel a certain way and then going back and now I can establish those patterns. I can see, oh, OK, this happens consistently when someone does this. Right. Yeah. So now I'm establishing the patterns. So now I can figure out, I can take a deeper dive and figure out where all that's coming from. But now taking that, that next step and finding that safe space or that person that you can talk to about these things that can help you with even other coping mechanisms uh, to take it to the next level. Like when I'm in this situation, I know, all right, I just need to take a deep breath. I need to excuse myself. I need to have a constructive way to communicate that where I'm not then starting a fight, right? Mm Because if I'm just telling my partner, you know what, I'm out, just close the door. (laughs) Yeah, I probably created another problem 
Absolutely. when I'm trying to avoid the problem. Mm-hmm. So having a way where I can communicate that to my partner, like, you know, I feel this certain type of way right now. Um, just give me like five minutes to, to breathe, to, to think about it, to dwell on it and, and come back and we can have a constructive conversation about this. You know, just being able to, it might not be those words, it might be the other words, but finding a way to communicate that with whoever you're dealing with. It could be a coworker that you're talking to. Like, all right, you gave me that information. Cool. Like, let me dwell on it for like a couple minutes and I'll get back to you before lunch, after lunch, whatever. Right. Just take yourself out of the situation peacefully. <laughs> peacefully. So you come key. back. <laughs> they're not on, you know, full arms. Like, all right, I'm ready to, for this fight that's about to happen. Right. Because we're trying to find ways to cope where we're avoiding fights or avoiding extra negative repercussions from our emotions. And it's, it's key that you said making sure that you're able to have a constructive conversation and then also checking in with that other person, making sure their mental state is able to have that conversation, right? Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of times where we might feel like, okay, I'm good now. It's time to talk about mm-hmm. it. And the other person's <laughs> not there yet. The other, the other yeah. person's not there yet. And be like, well, I'm ready to talk. Well, this person's not, <laughs> you know, this person's yeah. not ready. So... I think that was a good piece that you said because that that's key. And then, you know, in, in schools, I do a lot of restorative practices and things like that um, with my students. And we do circles and we'll break that down another time. But it's the same principle we practice with our students of having that empathy in terms of even when you're frustrated and angry, you have to be able to know, like, this person is still upset. They haven't came down yet. So we're not going to address mm-hmm. this quite yet. We're glad that you were able to come down and, you know, de-escalate yourself. Now we're giving them the same amount of respect and time and space to do the same for their own their own self, right? Because we all yeah. de-escalate or we deal with things at different time frames. And so you want to mm-hmm. respect people's time um, to cope and process and manage their emotions. Um, you know, and I've been I, I'll be. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I've done that plenty of times. All right, it's time to talk. No, man. And I've been trying to work on that. Like, so you know what I'm saying? Like, even that, just trying to work on, like, yo, <laughs> stop. Let these other people deal with it as much as they can, and then we can come back. Mm-hmm. You know, crazy stuff, brother. Yeah, crazy stuff. I, I mean, we all. I feel like we all had that. I feel like we all had that 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 moment, right? Where we're in some kind of argument, whether it be with our parents or a significant other, whatever, and we're like, you know what? I'm ready to talk. We're talking about it right now. They're like, well, yeah, but I'm still upset. Yeah, <laughs> if we talk yeah, right now. It's yeah. still gonna be a fight. <laughs> yeah, yep. and it's we definitely not all have that. Uh, but there's there's also um, we're, so we're talking about coping. There's also uh, things that we can do too in terms of coping that I used to use as well, which is like exercising. Right, mm. football became my coping strategy when I was younger. You know, we able to get out my physical exertion, um, as well as those. It was like a way to escape for a second, and now you're able to de-escalate as well. And then of course, let's keep let's since we're talking about mental health, you know, finding coping strategies and things like that. Talking to a counselor or talking to a therapist. Yes. or finding a support group those are all mm-hmm. also positive ways to find some coping you know so whatever whatever works for you you know these are not the only things there's so many things out there um, whatever works for you is the important piece and knowing what helps you get to a, a very positive place 
I mean, that's the biggest thing, right, is how does it affect you personally? Because my techniques won't be the same as yours and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But definitely the journaling is number one way to start because we need to identify what we're even talking about. Because I had that conversation with, you know, my people was like, you know, if I go to a therapist, what do I even talk about? Mm. I don't even Mm. know what I'm going to say to them. Like, what trauma am I even working through right now? And I know they're supposed to help you with that, right? Mm -hmm. But being the person that I am, super perfectionist, like, I got to make sure that this is right. I'm like, I need to have my topics down before I even go in there (laughs) for my hour (laughs) session because I want to make sure that hour is (laughs) is the perfect hour. I'm going to make sure I'm getting everything I can out of that hour. So let me have these topics down. (laughs) So identifying what we're even talking about, you know, if identifying like you said what my triggers are so that I can then move on to how do I fix these things or how do I keep moving on from there yeah man Uh, just I really want to get to this part your journal how did you start your journal as far as you know what are you writing down when you go into the journal because I could say you know we need to journal these things all day but if I don't know what I'm writing, for me personally, if I don't know what I'm writing, I'm just going to be looking at a, a blank piece of paper like today I was upset, period. So there's there's ways you can do that as well when you're journaling. Um, but it's also like just one, like I said before, let the pen bleed. So whatever you're feeling at the moment, write it. So, you know, when I was doing my journaling back in the day, it was, man, I'm fucking pissed off. Da, 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 and just explaining the situation. Right. Explain mm. why you're so upset or what the situation was and breaking that down. Or it, it was like, yo, OK, this happened, this happened. And you're going through like a sequence of events. And then sometimes when you get to a place in the journey where now it's OK. Now, let me dive back. And you're writing that as well. Um, but I, I would just tell people just write. Don't think just write, because a lot of times. Um, especially myself, I'm an overthinker when it comes to my writing. When I just go and I just write freely, things come out that you never would think would come out because you're just you're subconsciously writing what's really bothering you. You're not really thinking mm-hmm. about it. When you go in with like a plan, all right, today I'm gonna write about this. You know, then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now you now you're struggling. <laughs> but if you go in with the idea of like I'm just gonna write, I'm just gonna write how I'm feeling, um, what my personal state is at good, bad, or indifferent, or just what you just go in there and you let that plant, that pen bleed. And so many things will come out of that. So many things will come out of that. Um, and when you go back, it might look like gibberish and it might not look like a, a professional journal, but that's, that's not what you're aiming for, right? You're aiming for to get this emotion and to get this feeling out. I mean, that in itself is hard because I'm not used to talking about my emotions, even Mm -hmm. to myself, even to myself. It's like I have to recognize that I was even in an emotional state today and not just every day is the same day. Like, how was your day? Oh, it's good. It's the same. It's the same as, you know, the day is the same as every other day. But no, it's not right. I've had peaks and valleys in my day and it's kind of recognizing those peaks and valleys and why I peaked and why I valued that day. And how can I make sure there's more peaks than valleys in the future if that's possible Mm -hmm. Um, and moving on from there. But 
I want to give the people some homework. So you have some some good ideas on what we can do from here as far as between now and the, the next podcast, uh, what people can do to actually further their healing journey here. Yeah, man, I, I think for a lot of people, um, especially if you're trying to get into journaling, and you're trying to figure this journaling thing out. The first thing you need to do is just get get something, get a notebook, get a pad, get an actual fancy journal. For those of people who like the fancy journals, if you want to pay for one, go ahead. But you don't need it. You can go get a 50 cent uh, <laughs> notebook, bound notebook and just start using that. And if you're one of those individuals where you like like James, you say, you're like, I don't even know where to start. Just write in your journal in the beginning, a highlight and a low and a low point. Right. Highlighting the low point because that'll get you at least started. All right, what's my highlight today? It'll get you to start thinking because a lot of times people are like, well, I didn't have a highlight today, right? And now you have to really dive in and be like, no, I need to have a highlight today. Okay, let me really dissect what my day was like and what was a high moment for me, a high point. And then, you know, what was, what was a low moment? What was a low point? And just those simple starting there will begin that process because you have to start really uh, understanding it and processing and thinking about it. And then it'll help that pin bleed. Like I said, to help that pin to start bleeding because now you're really trying to dive in. What was the high point? What was the low point? Um, you know, how do I want tomorrow to feel? Just little things. And then plus there's a, there's a bunch of, like I said, there's a bunch of journals out there where they give you prompts as well. So <laughs> if you yes. want to go buy one of those fancy ones, they have yes. tons of like points and things to talk about for the day or focuses. Um, but if you just want to get like an empty pad, that's a, a very simple way to start. I mean, that's great. I want to touch on that journal, that prompt journal that you were talking about there. That prompt journal is everything for people like myself, where it's like, I don't know what to write. So tell me. <laughs> like, uh, and we're going to go into kind of more of that because I want to bring one on uh, for our next one, because this was actually a two part. Right. It was knowing yourself and loving yourself. So our mm-hmm. next podcast is going to be more on the loving yourself. So I actually have a great prompt journal for that that's been recommended by amazing people around me. And it's it tells you about, you know, like what were three things that were amazing today and mm-hmm. getting into that. Right. So more of the positivity, because um, I, I love positivity. Um, we talked about toxic positivity too much. So we'll talk about that also in the next one. But we're going to talk about all those things in our next podcast. This is an amazing conversation. I really appreciate you, Jay, uh, coming As on always, again. brother. You know, look out for us because we are really going to change this. Um, the trauma and the healing that our people are need, we're going to go through that all through this on this podcast. Let's roll through it together, people. Thanks for listening to the Highway to Healing podcast with your host, James Parker, and myself, Jay Tobe. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive on identifying your triggers and developing some coping strategies. Now, join us next week as we discuss loving yourself. As always, please follow us on Instagram at the highway to number two healing, as well as on YouTube. Follow us, like, subscribe, leave a comment, as well as you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. See us next week.